combining instrumental jazz, rock, and psychedelic music. Winnipeg's Apollo Sons are performing October 11th at the Park Theatre. The Western Canadian Music Award winners are performing alongside the Amadians and Malcolm J. Tickets for the show are $15 in advance and $20 at the door, and are available at Eventbrite, Park Theatre, and through members of the bands. That's Apollo Sons with the Amadians and Malcolm J, Friday, October 11th at Winnipeg's historic Park Theatre. Singer-songwriter Brian Jacobs is a veteran of Manitoba's music scene. But he only released his debut solo album, Highways and Backroads, fairly recently. It's a great album that has been deservedly nominated for multiple Manitoba Country Music Awards. If you want to see Brian live, you can catch him on October 5th at Bulldog Pizza with a bill made up of entirely past Witch Police Radio guests. You got Brian performing with Project Constellation with The Moonlit Road and The Lovers. Again, that's October 5th at Bulldog Pizza, Brian Jacobs, Project Constellation, The Moonlit Road and The Lovers. If you want to hear more of Brian's music and order your own copy of Highways and Backroads, visit briancacobsmusic.ca. This episode of the podcast is my conversation outdoors in a park with a quiet icon of Winnipeg's music scene. Mike Coop has been involved in the local scene since the early 90s, as a member of the Bonaduchis, the Kicker, Cheerleader, Buick Six, the Leftists, and on and on. We go over the great bands on his resume, talk about his underrated country gospel album, his band's place in Winnipeg's musical continuity, the everlasting appeal of the CD format, and much, much more. It was great to talk to the guy. He's someone whose music I've been a fan of as far back as I can remember. And he has a lot of interesting things to say about Winnipeg, about music, and about life. I hope you enjoy the episode. You're listening to Garbage Show, Winnipeg's first podcast network. Well, Winnipeg has a massive uh, quality to its music that, yeah, that yeah. doesn't get enough love. And I remember more than a few times there'd be a, some rather large or, or uh, you know, significant act would come through town and people would be like, are you going to go see so-and-so? And I'm like, you know what? I've seen bands from three feet away yeah. that are easily as good as anything that's going to roll through town. Sure, so sure. why on earth should I get all excited about, you know, you know, whoever. Yeah, I mean, there's bands that came through. I'm glad I saw Jawbreaker. I'm glad yeah, I saw yeah. Super Chunk. Yeah. You know, but... Well, yeah, there's always those bands that, that you have to see, regardless yeah. of... Yeah, 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 for sure. But it's just the the quality, like, once again, the, the immensely high quality of music that is unable to escape the massive black hole that is uh, uh, Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? That's funny, because that's kind of, that's kind of a, a theme that comes up often on the show, and oh, I'm going to formally sure. start the show now, because we've been talking and I've been recording. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I think that 
the theme of what is Winnipeg music and what mm-hmm. makes it stand out and what is kind of the similarities with Winnipeg artists that seem to exist across genres mm-hmm. is sort of an ongoing theme. I've been doing this show for almost seven years now wow. and um, every week talking to people of different yeah. styles and backgrounds and ages and everything and there's yeah there's always something Winnipeg specific that everyone recognizes and no one can really say what it is but there's something powerful about it and, and, and meaningful about it but before we even get into that okay I was thinking on the way here of how to introduce you because you've been in a lot of bands <laughs> and you've been in a lot of bands over a fairly lengthy amount of time here so yeah. do I introduce you as what you're doing now or list well, off a number of bands like, I mean, how, you, how do you do it I mean if someone says oh I, I hear you play music th- this is the this is the thing I, I've uh, there's a real lack of um, I, I need to phrase this in a nice way <laughs> there's a real lack of success on my part there really is I but there's a quantity of work though. there's a quantity of work and, and I, I you know I do know that some people enjoy it which mm-hmm. is great I mean I'd still uh, tragically I'd still be doing it if nobody enjoyed it yeah yeah <laughs> and yeah. nobody ever told me it was any that they enjoyed it I'd still it's it's the tragic tragic <laughs> part of being creative uh, but I mean uh, usually I try if, if somebody if I, if I uh, come across someone who doesn't know about my music the, the usual thing I, I, I'll stay is well did you ever hear of a band called the Bonaducci yeah because by and large that name still hovers in the air yeah and so people are like yeah I think I heard of that and then from there you can go from there if they haven't heard of that then it's sort of like well I'm kind of singer songwriter indie rock punk yeah. rock you know kind of thing so on and so forth that makes sense so the Bonaduce um, I think is definitely your I mean as high a profile as they had that's yeah. your highest profile project yeah. I would think over there definitely yeah. and, and I mean it's uh, and I mean I love I mean to this day given an opportunity to play with those guys I'll, I'll take it up in a, in a second I love playing that playing Doug's songs I love playing with those guys it's just something I I really really enjoy um, but at the same at the same rate uh, you know, I I would be like I would like people to know about the music that I make, the songs that I write. Sure, but it's yeah. sort of like another. Th- uh, how can I phrase this? <laughs> it doesn't really matter, you know. Like it's not like, you know, you haven't lived until you heard a Mike Coop original. No, you you've definitely lived. You've probably had a decent life. You'll probably continue having a great right, yeah, life yeah, yeah. without ever ever notice noticing that I existed. So, you know, don't worry about it too much. <laughs> But yeah, definitely, I usually start with that just because it's the name that's yeah. most bandied about or most heard of. We had the most press and the most uh, quotation marks sure. success. Sure, You know, um, anything else? And I, I mean, the one advantage now of having stuff on Spotify and, and all that is that you can literally tell somebody, oh, just go here, you can hear yeah. it. you can hear all of it, right? Yeah, you can hear, you, can hear um, you know, like here. I put a compilation of a lot of stuff, of songs I've written over the last 25 whatever years okay. and recorded with a number of different bands and you can just hear it and you can decide for yourself. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, and, uh, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you're, you're, you're one of the members of the Bonaduce's. Yes. Plus a lot of other stuff. Plus plus a lot of other stuff, yeah. And, and like, uh, you know, I don't necessarily want to do, like, a timeline and go through all that stuff because yeah. there's a lot of it and a lot of it's very interesting, but one thing I kind of wanted to ask you about, first of all, which I assume, I might be wrong, you don't get asked about a lot, is mm-hmm. that country gospel album you did. Oh, well, th- I mean, thank you I, for I like, asking. I like, I like the record a lot. Yeah? And, um, oh, that's great, man. When I saw it, I was like, okay, I know this guy from the Bonaduce's, just yeah. like you're saying. Yeah. What is this album? And it's a country gospel record. It's, so, it's a country gospel record. So I just thought that would be a cool way to start because it's I think it's different from probably everything else you've done. Uh, well, yes yes and no. Um, th- I mean, the funny part is when I when I did that record, first off, I, uh, I got to tell you the funny story of how that album actually came sure. out. 
came about. So I lead worship um, about once a month at a place called St. Benedict's Table. Okay. It's an Anglican church full of Mennonites. Okay. Uh, so we call it Manglican. Right. <laughs> um, not seriously, but boy, should we. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's a, a friggin' artsy-fartsy church. Okay. And it's also, just for clarity's sake here, it's a pretty left-leaning church here. So, you know, it's not, uh, yeah, we're not, uh, we're not Trump supporters or, sure, sure. or anything yeah. like that, by, yeah. you know, at all, at all. So anyway, one time I was playing, um, playing a service there, and uh, uh, you know of Steve Bell, right? Yeah. Okay, so Steve Bell, it's the church Steve goes to when okay. he's not, okay. like, on the road or whatever. And so we played this one song, and uh, it's, God, what was it called again? The song I wrote called, oh, the title's totally escaping me right now. It's kind of a, a rocker. Uh, and he literally, as soon as, we, as soon as we were done the service, he ran up to me and said, you have to record that song. Oh, cool. And, which was a huge honor, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Uh, to have someone that, that successful and that talented say something like that to you. Well, that guy's carved out a niche for himself. Oh, for, like, totally, totally. totally. Yeah. And I mean, if you ever watch the, the great uh, documentary they made about his life, he could have been actually extremely, he could have done even better mm-hmm. for himself if the Christian, the American Christian radio uh, stations hadn't completely crushed him under the jackboot of, uh, you know, capitalism, you know. Right. So anyway, point being, uh, he comes up says this to me and I just sort of say well you're the one person that could make that happen yeah 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 you know and so he's like ah yes you're kind of right about that and so that's sort of the genesis of how okay, the, okay. The, the album came about uh, about half the songs were songs that I actually play in worship but I'm not gonna lie as soon as there was an opportunity for me to record I was like okay how do I how do I get my own songs yeah. in here and uh, and so I I uh, about half the album, like I said, is is worship music or music that we use during worship services, and the other half was, uh, you know, just some of my more, uh, for want of a better word, rootsy material. Okay. okay. And uh, I got a originally it was just going to be a much more acoustic record, but we uh, finagled. We got a drummer involved and uh, got some really good musicians involved. A guy named Alan Fair okay. uh, who played uh, Hammond B3. Uh, Charles Geringer of the Harlots, who is now the official uh, worship leader at St. Ben's. Okay. Uh, got him playing bass and backing vocals, and a, a gentleman named Larry Campbell, uh, and uh, as well, um, oh man, there's a few other people. Allison Chevernoa uh, sings on a song. Uh, had a bunch of guitar by Rob Patchell, which okay. was just glorious. Uh, anyway, point being, um, so yeah, I come from a place of faith. It is very important to me in my life, um, and uh, to a degree, I think that is reflected throughout everything I write. At the same rate, you're always really, really cautious around the phrase Christian rock yeah, yeah. Or, or contemporary Christian music because it is just a vast wasteland of pus. Well, yeah, like when I, I worked a job maybe 10, 15 years ago, and yeah. uh, they brought in an intern, and it was his turn to play the radio yeah. or whatever wanted to play that day because yeah. usually we had monopolized the, the, the tape deck yeah. and he picked some kind of contemporary Christian station and it was it was brutal like it was it was, it was just a <laughs> drudge to get through and I felt bad because I mean he was obviously really into it yeah. but it, it was awful like, don't I, you like this band they sound almost like ACDC but not as good yeah. and they say Jesus yeah a lot and it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like no that's that's really not that's not what you should be Oh. No, and like oh. as as a non-religious person, like yeah. I, I didn't grow up with any kind of religion, so I don't yeah. have a lot of experience with that. But I like I like listening to a lot of gospel music, and I've heard before a lot of times that that uh, especially amongst atheists, yeah. there's a real 
joy that they get from gospel music. What it is for me, I think, is that um, when it seems genuine, yeah. I can, I can I can appreciate that. When it that's why I didn't like this stuff on that was being played yeah. on the radio yeah. because it seemed like it was cookie cutter. Just fill in the word Jesus here a bunch yeah. of times and yeah. then just say we're not worthy a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> we're not worthy. Yeah. It's the it's the Mike Myers version. Exactly, of the exactly. Gospel. Yeah, yeah. But then when you hear something that seems sincere, whatever type, whether it's traditional gospel music, yeah. country gospel, or I listen to shit tons of reggae. Yeah. I mean, I listen to a lot of music that is has a faith basis. Yeah. And when it seems sincere I can totally I don't have to agree with I don't have to believe what yeah. they believe but yeah. I can I can I can get it you know yeah. and I think that um, like yours worked like that I mean it, you know wow it, that's that's a massive compliment to me like because I mean that's always what you're aiming for yeah. you, you never want to you never want to be the guy that's just sort of and Jesus is good for <laughs> right yeah yeah no particular yeah. reason
not knowing that you had that yeah. faith background, yeah. it was kind of scroll country gospel <laughs> you know because i because again I, i'd heard you in the yeah. i heard, heard some of the other projects you know I heard perhaps the swallowing yeah. shit right, yeah right exactly right <laughs> so i mean that, that was not what i expected and and it, i think that it works um like you said it was more of a kind of a meant to be a rootsier sort of yeah. project yeah but i feel like some of those songs could probably work just as well amped up with some of the other bands you normally well, th- this is the thing i always 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 uh, have written with an acoustic guitar uh, with the idea that this song has to be able to stand regardless. Okay. It has to be able to stand if I play it on acoustic guitar by myself. It has to be able to stand if I'm playing with a group of, you know, a punk band, yeah, yeah. roots band, whatever. I mean, certain songs will work better in certain contexts or whatever, but it has to be able to stand as a song. Yeah, yeah, sure. And so, uh, I mean, some of the songs on that record, I'm trying to think if there's any in particular. There was one song on there that was very influenced by, like, uh, Scud Mountain Boys. Okay. Uh, or no, Scud Mountain. Is it Scud Mountain Boys? It's one of those Joe Pernice bands. Um, but anyway, like most of my influences are indie rock, punk rock, yeah. uh, um, classic rock, etc. So on. And so th- that's that's the thing. Those songs to me are songs that stand, sure. and they'll stand in whatever way, shape, or form. So I'm always trying to emulate that. And uh, and yeah, and some of those songs I would gladly, like uh, one of the songs actually was uh, recorded and performed by The Kicker, which is another one of my sort of power pop yeah, yeah. indie rock kind of bands. It just never got released by them. Okay. And so I wanted to give it another chance, and uh, so we recorded it on the album. And then I had a band following the country gospel band that was sort of more of a, it was also kind of a roots thing, but maybe a bit more more pop rock. Sure. And we we as well re-recorded one of the songs from the from the album. Okay. Um, what was that band called? That band was called the Waterworks. Okay. And that was uh, Charles who Charles Geringer once again, and then um, oh wow I'm totally blanking on my <laughs> names. <laughs> maybe you'll have to do some heavy editing. I'm, this well, no, I don't know about that. I'll, I'll forget about it by the time this comes out. No problem. <laughs> it's really embarrassing though because I just blanked. <laughs> I blanked. Oh man. Anyway, we recorded we recorded a full album actually uh, with John Paul Peters. He oh, recorded cool. yeah. it uh, uh, actually at, at um, the church on the corner of uh, uh, on, at All Saints Anglican Church. We recorded it live there. And some of those tracks, along with some of the gospel tracks, uh, are on the compilation that uh, the antholo- anthology thing that uh, okay. just put out. Um, but yeah, that never really came out. I put made a YouTube video of it, and I just have no business acumen whatsoever. So I. Like, I, I can't even give this stuff away. Well, you know what? That's I think that's a problem for a lot of people now, and especially because you have this background coming from an era before this oh, you know, yeah. was a thing, right? Yeah. Even bands that are like tw- in their 20s, some of them are great at the creative side of things. Yeah. And then when it comes to, because you have to do it now, it comes yeah. to marketing all this stuff, they just, a lot of bands just fail because they don't want to do that or don't know how to do that or don't know who to reach out to for that. I and mean, it, bragging about, like, like, that's the thing. To a degree... What it is, is you have to be willing to put yourself out there all the time and yeah. be constantly sort of semi-bragging about yourself. You do, yeah. And you're not, you're just not really, it's not super comfy. No, no. It's not like a great not. feeling. Like, you can you can listen to your own stuff, you can and you can go, you know, I feel good about this. I think this is a good song, or I think this is a good recording, or blah, 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 yeah. or, or uh, whatever. But then it comes time to like, and I mean, it's kind of the Canadian way. It's kind of like... The reserved, well, sort know, of humble, uh, yeah, yeah. You might like it, you yeah. probably won't. You, n- nobody has the... the gumption to say yeah you're gonna love this it's awesome yeah partially because i mean especially with the audience so fractured these days uh and it's not even like it's not even like people hate stuff it's just they don't notice anything because there's no. too much 
all, going on all the time. Well, they don't have to notice anything because they can very easily just silo themselves off. Oh, and yeah. there's so much out there that you can just put yourself in a corner and oh, never yeah. leave it, and you can be happy and oh, yeah. never discover anything new. And so, and so it becomes a real issue because, like, you're like, well, how I can't even really promote myself. Yeah. And, and that for me is always like that's been an issue actually throughout my entire time of making music when yeah. it comes to what I do. The Bonaduce is very nicely uh, slotted into you know sort of indie rock. Uh, pop punk and sort of the beginnings of sort of the emo pop punk thing. We slotted in there pretty nice so we sort of had like okay people glomming onto this people are getting it oh yeah cool everything I've done has always had this thing of well it's not really power pop and it's not really indie rock and it's not really pop punk and it's not it's never really quite that one that one proper genre that you can just stuff it in there and go okay it's this thing you know, and now it's now the music I'm I'm making is so uh, out of date with whatever is is popular or, or, or current. It's like, well, I'm going to keep doing it because I enjoy it, but yeah. it doesn't slot in with anything at all. And so, I mean, you always hope that somebody will hear it and like it, and and maybe there'll be some sort of something that'll come out of it. But, yeah. But yeah, it's <laughs> it's never uh, yeah it's never been yeah. It's never been a thing. It's never been anybody's thing. Right. It's, it's been a thing, but it hasn't been... It's yeah. been a thing, yeah. but it's yeah. never been the thing. Yeah, sure, sure. You know? So, it, I mean, if you're trying to get... I mean, again, the Bonaduce's mm-hmm. is, I think, in Winnipeg, they have or had, or whatever you want to call it, yeah. some a certain level of um, recognition. Yeah. Whether okay. you want to call yeah, it success definitely. or not. Definitely. I mean, it's... Uh, people... I, I always feel safe about bragging about the Bonaduce's because I wasn't the writer. Right, If right, I was right. the writer, I'd be a lot more like, oh, I don't know. But I was yeah. like, I'm just one of the guys in the band, and we kicked... We kicked ass. Yes, for sure, for sure, yeah. But, I mean, like, do you find that it's harder... I mean, like, you're probably about 10 years older than me, I imagine. I started going to uh, all-ages shows in junior high, which was, like, 94, Do do we want to reveal ages right now? Do we want to do I do it all the time. So how old are you? I'm almost 37. Okay, then I'm exactly 10 years older. That's what I figured, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I started going to shows in junior high, which was 94, 95. Yeah, yeah. And so I would have seen you guys a few times at that kind of era. But, I mean... I'm considerably older than a lot of the people I interview on the show. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, do you think that the Bonaduce's has a kind of cachet with people in their 20s now, or do you think it's kind of just lost in the sea it's, of past local bands? Like, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Like, I think um, the advantage to having a name that was somewhat known at one time yeah. is that there is a curiosity level, I think, for, for people sometimes like, oh, what's this? What's this? Yeah. I mean, we played that show with the details at the West End... Oh man, I think that was earlier this year, if I remember correctly. Okay. And uh, and it was a it was sold out, which was That's amazing. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I saw obviously a lot of people I knew, um, and I, I can't I can't say for sure whether I saw that many young people. I don't I don't know. Yeah. But just having it sold out to me was like That's oh great. Yeah. well, there's there's actually people here. As to whether or not younger people uh, like it or or care about it or or acknowledge it. I, I honestly, I genuinely don't know. If they do, that is beautiful and awesome, and I'm ever thankful for it. If they don't, I can't blame them. I can't yeah. say like, no, 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 man, you gotta hear what was going on 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because, I mean, and this is sort of funny because, in the 90s, yes, I was the guy that was obsessed with stuff from 20 years ago. But that was because my parents didn't listen to any rock music at all. Right. There was no... I didn't have hippie holdover parents that were listening to like, oh, you got to listen to the Beatles. That's the only good music. Yeah. So for me, the Beatles were... I was able to go, wow, this is 
great original unique music and there's something amazing about it um, but uh, it's not it's not fair to expect someone who's young to be excited or care about something that's 20 years before their time sure oftentimes you do see that oftentimes you do see younger people wanting to glom onto something because they'll for whatever reason they'll look at that well oh, that was when things were real
I've been examining not a lot but a little bit of that uh, that scene and I think the scene's now kind of a dead scene I don't know for sure which is probably why I'm noticing it now for the first <laughs> time uh, that uh, vaporwave scene okay, yeah, where yeah. they basically take more or less the music you'd hear as Muzak in the mall and remix it and make these sort of long mixes Yeah. and I remember reading an article about it where, you, where, where kids were talking about it as though you know it, it takes me back to like what must have been so much of a better time like people going to the mall and people would interact with each other right. face to face and da 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 and I'm like yeah but you forget about the fact that you'd get the shit kicked out of you for having green hair Tot- yeah, yeah, totally, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and groups of people like literally beating up on people who they thought were, were homosexuals yeah, or, yeah, no doubt, yeah. or, or any of that kind of stuff yeah. you know like yeah it, you can look back on the past and you can you'll see all the, the golden stuff you'll see all the beautiful stuff but you'll forget about all the garbage, Absolutely. you know, that 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 we were struggling against, or we were fighting against, or we were, um, uh, you know, that was was grinding us down then. Yeah. Um, well, even that big Rock Against Racism show at the Rendezvous, yeah. which was the first time I saw you guys live, yeah. that was I have memories of seeing the bands there. Yeah. But I mean, like, the fact that it. Rock Against Racism was needed in Winnipeg at the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's probably needed again. Oh, yeah. what's happening now. But you know, it's needed every day. Yeah, yeah. Every day, like, every day you need to, you need to acknowledge the racism that's totally. going on. You need to acknowledge the, not, not so that it brings you down and not so that it wears you out, but just sort of an understanding of it and a trying to, I don't know, find a way to move forward yeah. and help, you know, help the world at large move forward anyway that was sort but of a, no no I, I agree with you but it's easy to kind of gloss over the, the the that part of it right i can think oh yeah i remember seeing you guys i remember seeing whole lot of milka and farm fresh with that show and you know I, like uh, my first time seeing malfaction and getting knocked halfway across the room <laughs> because i didn't realize the pit was about to start oh yeah no, like i mean there, there's a lot of great stuff there but yeah it's like the reason for that show happening is equally well, as important as, as my kind of rose-colored memories of of the bands right oh yeah no and, and easy the, to skip it the nazis that were walking around then they were tattooed skinheads totally, yeah. that were out to, to fuck people up yeah. like right away. And they could also get away with it a lot easier because you just sort of drift, blend into the crowd, you drift away. You know, these days, it's awful. Yeah. Let's not it's horrible, forget yeah, that. Yeah. But you can actually find these people now and you can, 
you know, cut them down or, or just start confronting them and saying like, what's up with that? Yeah. Like, what's, what's your deal? What are you actually doing here? Um, and that, that to me is, is one of the, one of the great things about, about, you know, what's happening right now. There, there's a way to actually be proactive without, without fisticuffs sure. as it were. Sure. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. No, no, it's good. I think that's like a good example though of the, of the, the looking back at the, at the past, positive yeah. stuff without skipping I mean because I came in right at the end when that stuff was still happening a little bit but there weren't that many Nazis showing up at shows but I was at a few shows where some fights happened and yeah. I was a little teenager and like I was like holy crap this is terrifying you know and and that kind of gets glossed over I think with people thinking oh yeah the 90s was amazing right well and the thing is also people weirdly want to glorify that like like um, you hear people talk about uh, and I mean I'm just using this as an example yeah. because it's a, it's a more prominent example they talk about New York and the New York hardcore yeah. scene and oh, yeah. you'll yeah. hear Harley Flanagan talking about like yeah and you had to beat the crap out of people every day and yeah. you know drugs and uh, you know just like just this wretched existence and then it's like oh yeah and, but then they cleaned up New York and it's just not been the same and I'm yeah. like so so it's better now <laughs> so are you saying it's not good to have I, I'm not quite sure I'm getting it and that's the thing I don't want to like there's things that I appreciate very much about um, there it's nice sometimes to know who your enemies are sure and to know that you are actually kicking down a wall yeah and uh, and um, it, there can be a real glory to that but there's it's way better to just have things be safe yes, it's way yes better, for sure it's way for better sure. for things to be just safe and uh, you know, people to feel like they can express themselves in a way like they can, you know, you can kiss whoever you want, you yeah, can yeah. walk around holding hands with whoever you want, you can, you know, that you can do those kinds of things and you don't have to be, be terrified about getting jumped or, or uh, having to defend yourself. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, it, it's, it, yeah, there's a certain machismo always to like, yeah, sure. we, we were able to deal with that problem. It's like, yeah, but it'd be just way better if that problem didn't exist. Yes, and everyone could just go to shows without ever yeah. fighting anybody. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Or, or just walk, walk the streets, period, no and matter what. Be safe. You know. Yeah, yeah for exactly, sure. exactly. For sure. Yeah. So As we talk in a darkened park. And I know, I know. I've actually, like, I mean, I do this all over the place because of the portability of this equipment. Yeah, yeah. And I did one in... Um, I think it was Kilorman Park or something, and it was pitch black, and there was no streetlights anywhere here. Yeah. I was pretty much convinced. I had first time meeting the guy, yeah. and uh, you know he's a folk singer, so I, didn't, I wasn't too worried. <laughs> so but he was gonna pull out that capo on you and just like prod you with it. Man. If he wanted to kill me, like no one knew where I was, I was just told my wife I'm going to go record a podcast, and then, like, you know, like I, I could have been dead in the park, and I'm never around that part of town, so yeah. You know, but it would have made for a great headline. Oh and, yeah. Oh man, the episodes of on ID that would have been made about yeah, it. Yeah. Oh. And that would have got me more listeners too, probably from like <laughs> exactly yeah. superstar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, not to, to get away from the morbid. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Let's nature, get away from the morbid. Yeah, That's yeah, fine. No, um, so I mean, I guess the, the most current thing you have going on would be mm -hmm. the leftists, right? Yeah, the leftists are, are definitely the most current thing going on, and um, yeah, it's it's great to be playing with uh, with Ethan and, and Jaime. Yeah. Um, well, I had Jaime on the show. I know, yeah, and I, I feel super guilty because I really, I was like, I gotta listen to this, yeah. and I just didn't get around to. It. I'm sure I can still get it. I oh yeah, know. it's still available. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I just like, oh, I should listen to that. Why did I do that? Yeah. And then I look at the stack of thousands of CDs, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's probably that's why. why yeah. I didn't yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I but yeah, relate. Jaime. I mean, it's. And I mentioned this before uh, a few times. It's just great to be playing with people where their livelihood is the music industry. Yeah, they're pros. Uh, Jaime, yeah. yeah, there's like literally like Jaime is is a professional drummer. He's a teacher. Yeah, uh, just an astounding player, and you know an honor to have him in the band. 
Uh, and same with with Ethan. Like Ethan's got a history, uh, you know, that goes on for years and years. You know, touring with Burn the A Track, yeah, yeah, and just literally being a pro, like working working with Counting Crows, working with Big Sugar, working with Danko Jones, like all these all these things. And and I mean, the beauty above and beyond that is Ethan actually having a mind for music industry on the one hand, but also music industry from the standpoint of someone like I mean, the leftists are. We're a left-leaning band, yeah. And I'd say Ethan is definitely the most powerful voice on in in as as far as that goes within I can see the that. band. Well, yeah, I mean, he has a history of, of political projects, oh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so and so, it's great because you have a guy who's like he understands the music business. He's part of the music business, but he's also like he understands like, okay, we're not comfortable with this. We don't want to do this. This is this is not our jam. Yeah. And also, and this is this is something to me that's amazing. Like he's been a fan of my music for 20 plus years like he literally back when kicker was playing the albert he came up to us and he's like i've learned all the songs in your demo tape <laughs> that's awesome do you do you need a guitar player and i just sort of like well that's really cool man but you know we're pretty happy with the three piece right now and, da, 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 yeah. da. and i mean i wasn't trying to blow him off in a negative sense it was just sort of like you know i'm happy with the way yeah, it yeah. is yeah and then of course he told me later when we did become a four piece like uh john plett who was playing bass initially moved to to guitar okay and uh, Lucas Penner, who I'd played in, in Buick Six with, he he moved over to bass, and uh, and and Ethan initially was like, I he was like, I gave daggers to John. I was like, <laughs> anytime I'd see you guys, I'd just like, you are, you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, well, like, obviously it worked out though, because now you guys I, are playing I did, it. Yeah. and and yeah. I mean, and it's funny because um, uh, the leftists started when Rich um, from. Oh man, I need to remember all the bands, but the band that always sticks out most to me is Dead Stock Crusher. They just okay, yeah, yeah. they just ruled. Uh, Dead Stock Crusher is currently in Kojak, and he was in the Umpires back in the day, oh, drumming yeah, for the yeah. Umpires. He came up to me actually at a Waterworks show and asked me if I wanted to do a power pop band, and okay. I was like, yeah. That sounds like it's up your alley. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, he and I got together and started jamming, and basically we were jamming on all the songs that were rejected by Kicker because Lucas was like, oh, that song's too pop punk. I don't want to play that. Sure. So I was like, okay, well, these are all the songs Lucas didn't want to play, and they're the most pop-punky ones. So Rich and I were jamming, and we were trying to get a bass player for literally a year. We rehearsed for a year without a bass player. And finally, we were both trying to figure out somebody, and then both of us pretty much at the same time went, Ethan. Yeah. Ethan would, he'd be a great fit. Yeah. Because he's a great guy, um, you know, and, uh, you know, I knew he was a fan of my stuff, and I, I knew, like, I knew he was a good player, and so... We drafted Ethan into the band, and then shortly thereafter, Rich Rich got very busy with. Uh, he teaches at Red River now. Okay. Cool. And so he's like, "I'm gonna have to to uh, to bail." Yeah. To bail. Yeah. And we're like, "Nope, that's cool. Like, no hard feelings whatsoever." And at that point, Jaime, who was actually supposed to be in the Waterworks before okay. the Waterworks became the Waterworks, uh, he he we asked him if he'd be available, and he came on board, and it was like, you know, fantastic. Yeah, well, he's a great drummer. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 ridiculously good. Yeah. But well, I really like the leftist tape. It's a oh, good, thanks. It's a good very tape. Much. Yeah, it's very cool. And I can definitely see the kind of lineage of, of your previous bands kind of seeping well, into there. And I mean, everyone's previous projects, right? It's not, oh, just, yeah. not just yours, but the, yeah. The thing you have to remember is, like I said, those songs were, were rejects from the kickers. Mm-hmm. So some of those songs date back to the 90s. There's yeah, yeah. two songs on that tape that I wrote within the, a, the year or two before we recorded it. Okay. And everything else is from like the 1990s, the early 2000s at the latest. Cool. So, and I, I mean, that's the thing. If you don't notice that, that also makes me feel good because that means that my writing sort of has a uniformity. Yeah, yeah. That is, you know, you're trying to write songs where 
it's not going to like, oh, the second you hear it, it's like, well, that song was obviously written in 1984. <laughs> sure, you yeah. know, like, let's listen to that uh, Roland 808 sound or whatever well, kind of thing. I think stylistically, though, like what you guys are doing yeah. could have fit in any of those eras. Like I don't think I don't think it's very I don't think it's especially dated to the 2010s. You know what I mean? So or, or the 90s, right? So it, it kind of is and, and fluid between those those decades. Once again, I take that as as a real compliment. Like the one thing I know is, um, like I mean that's what I'm aiming for. Once again, to try and not be uh, so you can't necessarily pin it down to one specific time. Yeah. But at the same rate, I still I mean I'll listen to it and then I'll turn on whatever. CBC radio or I'll turn on whatever's happening and I'll just live yep we sound nothing like <laughs> anything else yeah. that's happening right now yeah. which is fine it's fine it's just uh, you know why am I doing this why, why do I continue doing this there's there's no really good reason yeah I just other than do. just wanting to wanting to create I, right? yeah, yeah exactly yeah exactly
one thing I wanted to ask you about as well was the CD thing. I mean, mm-hmm. as someone who listens to CDs still, I love the fact that I can get CDs for super cheap now yeah, everywhere. Yeah. It's and a beautiful thing. I never stopped. Like, I never stopped with tapes. I never stopped with CDs. I never nice. stopped with records. I've never gone over to the Spotify's and the Apple Music yeah. and all that stuff because yeah. I have so much physical Stop. music yeah. that I don't want to have to... First of all, I never got MP3s either because I didn't want to re-obtain oh, yeah. all of this stuff. Plus, all of these albums that are you know were released in thirty copies at some show yeah. in a basement ten yeah. years ago or yeah. whatever that like you know I can't find on Spotify and stuff. So, I, I appreciate your dedication to CDs <laughs> and, and your uh, your Instagram account, which is just as like a CD every couple CDs a day or whatever. But. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, no, I um, it's sort of funny because part of it started like I mean I do genuinely love the format of CDs. Yeah. When I was growing up. I've told this story before, so somebody will have heard this before, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm an old man. I it's repeat okay. myself all the time. Um, <laughs> uh, when I was growing up, it was just records and cassettes. Yeah. And I really didn't like records because uh, you play them more than a few times, and the scratches start coming up, and the pops start yeah. coming up. And the hiss and the crackles. The hiss yeah. and all that. Yep. And, and people romanticize that now. And I'm like, seriously, if you go to a show... And out through the PA, the mains is coming this every once in a while. Yeah. Are you going to be going, oh, yeah, it's just romantic here? No, you're going to be complaining about, like, <laughs> the shit sound right. for the show. Right. And so for me, it's like, it's weird that you're digging that, but I. Do you think that's guess. mainly people who didn't grow up with records, though? Because I, I think a lot of younger people who are just picking up the hobby now of collecting yeah. vinyl, they have this kind of uh, conception that it sounds better. And I, I don't know what that's based on. I mean, I. I there's, there, there, there are a lot of different arguments about it, and I'm sure there's, you know, somebody may argue with you in the comments yeah. or whatever. Uh, <laughs> my understanding of it is, is actually it's, it's the, the lack of perfect fidelity. Yes, is yeah. what's what is is appealing so. about vinyl. I yeah. think, if I remember correctly, it's something about the bass tones uh, distort uh, more readily. Yeah. Uh, due to the fact that it's a physical. Like it's physical. Physically sound. running along but, the yeah. But that's the thing, and that's that's why a lot of people romanticize records because there is an element to it where it is, literally, you don't need electricity for records. Yes, you can just you can you can spin it by hand and it would play. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. and so that part of it I do understand because there like there's a reason why I play an acoustic guitar, and part of it is no matter what, I can pick up a guitar and play. You could be in this park right now. I could be in a park right to, now. Yeah. I could play my songs. Yeah. I could sing my songs. That's you know, it's they they exist regardless of. You know, advances in technology. Sure, sure. Um, at the same rate, having said that, uh, like vinyl, having grown up with vinyl, yeah, it's not romantic to me. It was, it was a frustration. It was, I would, if I bought a vinyl record, I'd immediately record it to a cassette. Yeah. So that I could, I wouldn't have to flip it over. You know, I could record both sides of the LP on one side of the cassette, and I could just listen to the album all in a row. And then, you know, put another album on the other side, listen to that all sure, in a row. Yeah. Don't have to rewind or fast forward. It's all there. So I was primed for when CDs came out. Yeah, because oh, that is that. All in, the yeah, songs yeah. in a row. Sure. Hey, you can put it on repeat and you don't, have to, you don't have to fast forward or anything. You can listen to the whole album again. Yeah, yeah. No, no waiting. And, uh, and, and, you know, I do understand people complaining about digital sound. Oh, it's too clean or it's yeah. too... And it's like, well, because but, the warmth of vinyl is what a lot of people go to, right? Is that that that, that but natural gotta, kind of sound? But you've yeah. got to have a really good stereo for you that do. period. Yeah. And I never had a really good stereo, and nor did I want to invest. Like to me, I don't want to invest two thousand dollars or whatever in some sort of stereo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd rather yeah. have more music I can listen to. Spend the money on CDs. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah here you I don't. Go. I don't. I mean, I want fidelity. That's that's good if yeah. at all possible. Yeah. But I'm li- like a lot of. I, I'm able to listen to music at work. 
So a lot of the times I'm listening through crappy speakers sure. on my sure. on my uh, computer, and it's like I, it, the fidelity just doesn't matter that much to me. I want the actual music. I want the songs. Yeah. And if the songs themselves aren't good, that's when I'm going to turn off. I want the music itself to be worth my while. Yeah. I, I don't... Uh, and th- this is the other thing I need to point out. Part of the reason I love CDs is quite simply also my age. If I was 20 years younger yeah. or, or whatever, I totally would have gone with Spotify. I totally would have gone, oh, like unlimited music all the time. It does seem great, right? Oh, yeah. it's yeah. just... It's beautiful. Yeah. But I grew up with wanting a thing. Me too. A physical yeah. thing that I could hold on to and look at it and go, oh, this is, this is the thing. And, and I mean... With all my talk about like oh the inconvenience of records, yeah, I do enjoy a slight amount of inconvenience. Yeah, I enjoy yeah. the amount of inconvenience where it's like okay, I have to physically change this. I, I like I can keep playing this album indefinitely, but if I want to listen to anything else, I'm gonna have to change. Press the it. button, I'm pull it out. To, yep. Yeah. Yep. And I, I kind of I kind of like that because it with the the amount of music I own, uh, it's it's you can really easily get lost in thinking about like, okay, I'm listening to this right now. What am I going to listen to next? What am I going to listen to next? And it's sort of like, if you just allow it to sort of take over and exist on its own, because you know, oh, it's going to be a problem for me. I have to hit this button to make this change and I have to move this thing and open up that thing. It's like that little bit extra problem. It's like, well, okay, well, I'll listen to this album again. Oh man, this is a great album. I should just, I'll just keep this running. I'll just keep this going. You know, why would I want to change it over? Yeah. You know, and... Well, because you don't, you don't have to have that kind of... Um, I think now people's attention spans are so much shorter oh, because yeah. everything is just press a button, skip to the next... Oh, even yeah. CDs have a bit of that where you can just hit skip oh, yeah. if you don't want to. Yeah. Where, which is, like, I, I guess one of the other benefits of, of records, more than tapes even, oh, yeah. is that you can just put it on and you usually... I mean, I do this with records for yeah. sure. I listen to the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I do that with CDs and tapes as well, but I find records, I'm more likely to sit there and absorb the whole album because the physical... The, the one thing I've found as I've gotten older, and I'll, I'll sort of explain this. Back in the day, I didn't have as many CDs, partially because of funds, yeah, obviously. Yeah, sure, sure. But another reason was I was very, I'm not sure what the, the correct word for it is. I was probably just anal retentive. Yeah. Which is like, okay, the music I listen to inspires me to create. So the music I listen to has to be of such an incredibly high quality that, that like, there's no tracks to be skipped. Yeah. There's no, there's no filler at all and so I there would be bands I'd go I'd listen to them I might buy the album or whatever and I'd be like you know what I feel that I'm and this might be an arrogant thing to say or whatever I would like I feel like I'm already better than this okay so this album I'm gonna sell because I you know this is not I'm not gonna learn anything from this and I've grown a lot since then because I've now realized that a lot of the stuff I dismissed as being like oh beneath me because I'm already writing it's like no there's qualities to it that you didn't realize because you didn't take the time to listen. Yeah. You didn't take the time to listen, you know, and you foolishly shunted it aside. And then all of a sudden, 10 years later, you're in a record store or somewhere and you hear something and you go, hey, that sounds really good. What is that? Oh, I owned that 10 years ago. I've and done I that. didn't pay attention. And now it's like I'm hearing it and it's, you know, it's this great thing. And so I've, there's so many, I, and I don't want to talk about the, <laughs> the bands or anything because it's, some of it would be pretty embarrassing. Yeah. Um, I've done that too, though. I've rebought things that I had once because, like, it, whatever has happened over the years yeah. between hearing something clicks with me better than yeah. it did. I've done it multiple times. Actually. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. And it's it's a funny it's a funny funny thing. And it's like it's not necessarily some in some cases there's nostalgia factors, but a lot of the time it's just you realize the quality of the music. Yeah. And you understand your own ignorance about like you know you get very narrow minded, narrow casted, especially in your youth. 
Sure, you, yeah. It's very easy to be narrow-minded and narrow-casted and just sort of like you're going to focus on your one thing. And then and everything get, else sucks. Yeah, because, everything else, yeah. Oh, that sucks, yep. man. And then as you get older, you're sort of like, wow. That, and this is, this is one of the reasons why I'm so glad the internet in its current form wasn't around when I was young. Yeah. Because I am sure I would have been just awful. Well, that's what I've thought, too. I mean, I've been doing this for a while now, the podcast thing. Yeah. But if, I, if, if podcasts had existed when I was a teenager, my opinions were just really dumb. Oh, like, man. The, I mean, you know, I was in a ska band. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, the type of stuff... There's a lot of stuff I listened to back then that I still love, but there's a lot of stuff that I listened to back then that I'm... By the way, people, ska is a wonderful music. It's it is. Just, oh, this it's just, of... you know, there, there was a third wave, and yeah. maybe it should have crested on the second. It probably should have. <laughs> but there's a lot of that third wave stuff that if I hear it now that, I, you know, when I was yeah. 15 or whatever, I really liked because because it was the thing that was happening. Yeah. It's bad. Like, it's really bad. And and I'm sure if I had had you a know podcast... What? It, in another 10 years, though, and I'm saying this because of my experience, you yeah, go, could, through, these, could, yeah, you go through these phases. I remember... And I'm I, here. I am gonna list it. I remember buying Agnostic Fronts live at CBGB's yeah, yeah. Uh, back when it came out in like '89. I think I have that on the oh, CD somewhere. Yeah, and yeah. it's great. Yeah, and I loved it at the time. Uh, and then I got a little bit older, and I was sort of like, oh man, these guys are so ridiculous. But the between song banners, yeah, banter's yeah, ridiculous, yeah. and this all doesn't the posturing sound, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah and this yeah. doesn't sound that heavy anymore compared to you know whatever band I was listening to at that point. Yeah, and then another ten years, so you know, so you're sort of like ah ha ha whatever. And then another 10 years after that, I'm like, no, this actually always did rip. It is, <laughs> yeah, it is yeah. actually really, really ripping. Yeah. And it was me that was sort of going through a phase of being a, a, a doofus yeah. and not realizing it. Yeah, some of the banter is kind of chuckle-worthy at times, but it's still a, just a ripping, ripping album. And yeah. there's, there's, no, like, there's no arguing that at all. Well, I think um, the, the, the realization that, that I came to anyway, uh, as far as that kind of thing, is that it sort of dawned on me that like there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure. If I like something, yes, yeah. I like it. Like I mean, I and this people are baffled by this all the time. I love Brian Adams. I've seen him live oh, like four interesting. times, and it doesn't make any sense because I listen to a lot of hardcore, I listen to <laughs> reggae, I listen to a lot of jazz, and it's just this, this weird incongruous thing. Yeah. But I fucking love Brian Adams. I, I don't know what it is about him. That's I mean, but I, I, I will go see him every time he comes to Winnipeg. I go yeah. see him, and people are every time they're like, "Why are you going to see Brian Adams?" I'm like, "Cause he's amazing." On the, <laughs> on the inverse, what is always interesting to me is when you hate a band that everyone assumes that you would love. Yeah, yeah. That For instance, too, yeah. Uh, I still to this day have like this, like. Sometimes it gets it turns into actual anger about the band Oasis. <laughs> okay, yeah. Like Oasis, I remember them being touted as like this is going to be like I was a huge teenage fan club at the time. Okay, yeah, fan, yeah, yeah, huge yeah. teenage fan club yeah. fan at the time, and just a buddy of mine like, oh, this band, if you love if you love teenage fan club, they're going to be like the best thing you ever heard. You're going to blow your mind. Yeah. And so I remember very specifically watching uh, Much Music, and they played back to back. They played. Do you know the band Elastica at all? Yeah, totally. Okay, yeah. remember the song Stutter? I do. It was a good okay. song. So they, they, the guy, the VJ, whoever is like talking, he's like, yeah, so this new English band, Oasis, and you know what? They're really, really good, and you're going to hear them shortly. They're, you know, they, they deserve all the hype. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'll finally hear this band because, of course, this is the time period yeah. where not all music was available to you all the time. You have so, to wait till someone plays it, yeah. Yeah, you're just like, oh, man, I'm going to finally hear this band. And he said, but first, Elastica was Stutter. And so they play Stutter, and Stutter blows my mind. I still like Elastica better than most of those bands from that area. Yeah, oh, yeah. my goodness. Stutter yeah. is like... It's like just this ripping buzzcocks yeah, totally. kind of, you know, and it's just got this, this bile and this, oh, it's just. It's really confident, a, eh? It's just it's like, a, yeah. It's yeah. just a ripping good song. Yeah, yeah. And it's, a, and it's, it's sung well, it's written well, it's performed well, uh, you know, everything about it. And I'm just like, man, that really ruled. And then Oasis comes on and it's the song Supersonic. I don't okay. know if you remember yeah, that yeah, song. Yeah, I remember that song, yeah. And so it starts and I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right. It's gonna get good anytime now. 
any second now they're going to stop playing that subpar Black Crows yeah, yeah, yeah. pseudo B-side riff that one of the roadies came up with yeah. and they thought, well, we'll humor him by playing it. Oh, now the lyrics are horrible. Very bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This song is not getting better. Yeah. In fact, it's fucking awful. And and then to top it off, they would not stop bragging about how great they were. Of course, yeah. And so I'm like, okay, first off, your music's shit. <laughs> and you won't shut up about how great you are. You are fucking garbage. Yeah. And like ever since then, like there's been moments where I've gotten close to like, yeah, that's all right. And that's about as close as I can get. Yeah. Um, I, I, I actually preferred, nobody would believe this, but I preferred BDI, which is uh, Liam yeah, Gallagher's. Yeah, his later band. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Liam Gallagher's first uh, album with them, the first single off that album, I was like, this is better than anything Oasis ever did. Yeah. Period. Like, like head and shoulders above anything Oasis ever did. And uh, yeah, and I mean, like, obviously knowing my love of classic rock and yeah. English rock and all that. You, you think it would fit in somehow? And but it's yeah. like no, it's they they were they were genuinely not good. I they agree, were genuinely not a good band. I don't understand why the entire country, uh, the entire UK, lost their mind about them. Yeah. Especially when you compare it, just even to the one to song Stutter by Elastica, yeah, 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 by yeah. Elastica, yeah. wipes Oasis's career off the totally, map. Totally, you know, yeah. like they don't even have to exist at all. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So anyway. So. No, that's it's, it's, it's cool. I mean, I, I do definitely like the CD thing because uh, just to kind of bring it back around. Oh, sorry. No, no, it's good. I, I, I like, I like it. I'm, glad, I'm glad I'm not the only one who doesn't like Oasis. Uh, middle name because, is Digression. No, 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 it's good. Because well, I, I have had that argument too. I can't stand Oasis either. Yeah. And they've nice. come up and <laughs> it's, I, I it's, rare to, it's rare to Bonding. hear that. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like the Brian Adams thing is weird, right? Yeah. Like, I, I, can't, well, I, I can't explain why I like it, but... I, I don't know if I necessarily want to say it's weird because uh, big bands come into your life and that's what it was. It was something I listened to when I was first getting into yeah. music and that had that impression on and me. I, and I'm trying to think of like a good example for me of something that, that people would, would sort of like uh, sniff at and go like, really? Yeah. You know, but I, I don't know if I have a, I don't know if I have a great example of that. I'm, I'm, and I'm not, I'm not saying that to be, um, no, 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 no. I'm just trying to think. Cause I mean, there's stuff that I like, yeah. but I don't own it. Like I, sure. I grew up with, with ABBA. My eldest brother okay. had, had a bunch of ABBA records and I liked it. But it's like, yeah, it's, uh, like I love ABBA. It's like, no, I, I like them, and I'll <laughs> yeah. gladly listen to it if it's yeah. playing. That's fine, but I don't feel the need to rush out and buy it. Yeah, I like uh, I like a bunch of Eagles songs, but as of yet, I haven't found an Eagles album where I like it. Where you want to listen to the whole thing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, sure, sure. maybe the first one comes closest, except that I hate Witchy Woman with with oh, awful, like yeah. an undying passion. Yeah. It's weird though because the opening lick of that song, the opening riff, makes you think it's gonna. It's gonna be a right ripper, yeah. And then, then it, it just turns yeah. into this like, whoa, just one of the worst songs ever written. I quite feel, honestly, I feel like the Eagles. I don't know if this is a good description, but they always sound wet to me. Like they've they're just damp. <laughs> damp. Everything about them is just it's it's muted and 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 just seem... the, a lot of the a lot of the rock element is muted on the hits. Yeah. But I, I I have a definite fondness for a lot of those hits. Like I have a definite fondness for a lot of those hits. And it's funny because you dig into the albums and there's some great rockers sure. uh, that you don't necessarily know about, and they. Especially uh, what's his face, the guy who pa- Glenn Fry. Right. Yeah. He, coming from Detroit, he wanted to be like the rock and roll guy, and Glenn Johns was like, "No, you're a country band. You're a country rock band, yeah, and yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to make you that. Yeah. That's what's happening. Well, here. And it paid off for them, I guess. And right? it, yeah. it paid off yeah. for them in spades. But I, I guess like all of this kind of um, relates to the idea of, I think that once you hit a certain point, 
once you decide you don't need to be cool anymore, yeah. then I think it's like a freedom to do whatever you want. And well, whether it's listening, whether it's writing music, because I mean, I don't know if maybe would you do you think you would have written a country gospel album when you were you know in the nineties when you were playing I, in kind I of don't pop punk first off and, I don't think I ever felt like I was cool anyway right like right. there was no period where I was like oh yeah man I'm cool like every once in a blue moon I might I might be like well I'm happy with my my outfit today yeah, yeah sure, you know, sure I feel reasonably attractive yeah but or, then you were in a band that a lot of people kind of like bring up as this essential you know iconic Winnipeg yeah but there's this thing of um, even with that like first off we weren't like that that popular sure. like we we had you know we got nominated for a western canada music award right you know like that's like you know uh if we had a wikipedia entry that would be like and they were nominated for <laughs> that'd be the one link they could like, go exactly. back to yeah yeah, yeah. you know the, like so i never really felt like um yeah i never felt cool or anything like that yeah. you just did what you did and you know, you hope that people dug it and yeah. you love doing it. Um, but like, but I, I mean, people, I, those songs, like like I said, I guess I didn't didn't say that. Those songs were written like most of the like I said, a lot of the material I wrote. I, like I don't write nearly as much now because yeah. I just don't have the time. Um, but a lot of the songs you'll hear me play to this day were written when I was in the Bonaduce's, right. regardless of whether it's a country gospel song or a or a, a pop punk song or a power pop song. Those songs, a lot of them were written then. Yeah. And some of them uh, have changed over the years from being more, you know, one way or the other. So there was never a time where it was like, um, I mean, the one, the one thing that is funny is the amount of time I, I spent trying to write thrash riffs. Right. That, that's right. the one genuinely like sitting around in my, this is when I still lived in Steinbach, like at home with, with my parents, having only an acoustic guitar and I'm <laughs> writing like all these thrash riffs, hoping I can find somebody who's into Slayer. Somebody in Steinbach, yeah. Yeah, like, oh yeah. And there's nobody, of like course, not yeah. a, not yeah. a soul. Yeah. And so like those, those riffs, unfortunately, they, uh, they, well, actually probably fortunately <laughs> thinking about it now, but, but yeah, the, the, they're, they're uh, all through my creating of music. I was always a fan of Neil Young and the yeah. Red House Painters yeah, and, yeah. and uh, Nick Drake and stuff like that. And so uh, for me, doing stuff on an acoustic, like writing acoustic songs that worked acoustically, that just sort of made sense because sure. I had these certain inf influences and inspirations. At the same rate, even as I say that, uh, like, I always wanted a band. I yeah. never wanted to be just the guy with his acoustic guitar. Like to me, that was just, you know, it's like the kiss of death at a party. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. and so brought their acoustic guitar. Oh, kill Listen me Listen to now. their crappy songs. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, like, yeah, hey man, yeah. I know how to play. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Oasis don't. cover. <laughs> yeah, I know how to play Wonderwall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no. So, uh, of all that kind of, you know, all these bands you've been in and yeah. all these projects and your solo projects and all this stuff, what's kind of the is there one album or song or, or something that you feel kind of most represents you as a, as a musician? Like, is there something that, well, is there a standout, I guess, to you in your, in that whole catalog? Of, okay. Well, weirdly enough, um, I don't know. It's kind of strange because, you know, the, the age old, uh, your songs are your children. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah. And as, yeah. as, since we're both parents, we yeah. know that that's not true. Your children no, are your, your children. children. Are your children. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. your songs mean a huge amount to you. And so there's, there's, uh, everything I've done, um, the leftist is probably the thing I've done that I, I feel best about because uh, just because we seem to really nail it beginning yeah. to end the whole thing um, at the same rate 
uh, like I'm very proud of the cheerleader seven inch I uh, did back in 96 that that's Is that the one with Bell or uh, no that's the one after the okay. split with Bell okay. that we did a four song seven inch I'm very proud of that uh, I feel that the kicker CD um, it, it does need some remixing and remastering truthfully but still I, I felt I still feel good about it I still think it's a good record yeah there's an acoustic record I did that was recorded by Al uh, from the band Evie um, that I know that that out of everything I've done has the most hits on YouTube okay I think somebody I know just keeps watching it over and over again and that's how it keeps getting <laughs> counts I, I don't know for sure but like that's the thing everything I've done has parts where I'm happy with it and proud of it and parts of it where it's like oh man I, I wish I could fix that sure. or I wish I could redo that or I wish I could uh, the kicker I mean sorry the, the leftists album is probably the, the thing beginning to end that has the fewest moments where I'm like ah, I wish I'd I wish I'd put that song in a different key and sung it higher. I yeah, wish yeah. that vocal thing I'd fixed. Um, but, uh, and I mean, the country gospel record, I mean, I listen to that and go, man, I wish I'd been able to sneak more of my originals on there. Yeah, you know? yeah. Or I wish, you know, there's always, there's always things. And then there's times, I think that's why I'm very happy putting together, where I was, why I was very happy to put together that anthology. Mm -hmm. And I would love that anthology to be a physical thing. I'd love for it to be a CD or an LP, but I don't have money to do yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, okay, so maybe that's a good place to, to, to kind of close things off here. Yeah. Is how do people find that anthology? Like, what's on it and, and where do you get it? Okay, the anthology you can find on a spot. It's called uh, Mike Coop uh, uh, Useful Illusions, an anthology of sorts. It's available on Spotify, on Apple Music, on Amazon.com, and Amazon.uk. I think. It might be available somewhere else. I'm, I'm okay. honestly not sure. Corrupt is sort of the... They're the masterminds between, behind what's happening there. Okay. And they're actually kindly... They're going to be actually reissuing another two of my albums. Uh, or another two albums that... I, however you want to look at it. Yeah. They're going to be reissuing the Kicker, the kicker CD, uh, First Word, Last Place. Uh, and they're going to be reissuing um, the uh, Take It Down uh, acoustic solo album um, on... Uh, on all those platforms cool. as well uh, there'll be some bonus material with, with each of those albums as well uh, but yeah the that uh, anthology is made up initially it was going to be even longer okay. and it was going to be taken from a lot more sources uh, but the problem was simply budget, budget wise it's like look first off there's a time budget you can only have X amount of songs on it okay even digitally you can even di even digitally because the the the, the, the um the uh, I don't know I don't even know the provider or whatever that corrupt went through yeah. said look it, it can only be so and so long okay. okay and so they cut it down to 20 songs and then the other part was we were gonna have to go into the studio and do some work to get uh, to, to even just get the balance right sure uh, and oh, so, like from song to song yeah, from, from different song sources to song. Yeah, yeah, yeah and so I just went you know what let's let's do the lion's share from the recordings that have the best fidelity so the majority sure. of the album is from the country gospel album, uh, which is called, uh, which is Mike Coop's Multitude of Sins, and the album's called Take It Down. Um, and then it's from the Waterworks uh, album that is only other, only available otherwise on YouTube. And that album's called Sorry Try, or no, that album's called uh, Mistakes Were Made. Uh, and and then uh, the Kicker EP, Crawl, uh, all of that's on the on the anthology as okay. well. And then there was one song from Take It Down, and then actually one song that literally uh, I just did on YouTube. And I just said, you know what? Rip that one and put it on the comp. Cool, cool. Because I just felt really good about that version of the song. And 
So yeah, I think that's all the sources for that. Oh, and of course the leftists. There's, right, there's sure. material from the sure. leftist album there. So how much of this stuff is floating around physically? I know the leftist tape was released fairly recently, so that's well, probably Well, if, if somebody were to come to my house, yeah. most of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, the um, I mean, seriously, uh, there's copies. I still have a number of copies of the Kicker's CD. Yeah. Uh, there's still some CD copies of uh, the Multitude of Sins al- Multitude of Sins album. Uh, there's leftist cassettes yeah. floating around as well. Um, there might be cheerleader seven inches somewhere, but uh, yeah, I don't know. If somebody's uh, if somebody's anxious to get one, uh, if they contact you, I can get you copies and you can just sweet give it to them or something. Awesome, yeah, yeah, something. yeah. <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. Because yeah, there's a lot out there. I mean, I, I have some of it. I have some of the Bonaduce stuff. I yeah. have. Uh, I have the, the gospel album. Cool. I'm sure I have some others. I have the leftists. But yeah, it's uh, I, I, I tend to hoard local music from Thank whatever areas, wherever I can find it. So I appreciate your hoarding <laughs> more than you can you can ever know. So I'm more so asking for myself. Oh, <laughs> okay. these physical copies are yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. So because what, I don't what know do you many, want? What do you I, want? I don't know. What do you got? Well, okay. maybe after do you we, have. Do you have the kicker first word I don't. last place CD? Okay. I don't. I've seen it in, in in used record stores and things like that. Many, for, for, many times. For whatever reason, I... I I think I just didn't know what it was until yeah. relatively recently. So at the time, I was like, I don't know what this is. So I, yeah. I didn't buy it. But I definitely, I, I know the cover. No worries. <laughs> I recognize no worries. the cover. Um, uh, yeah, so I can get you that. No problem. Sweet. I'm not sure if I have any extra cheerleader seven inches anymore. So sorry about that. No, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, the Take It Down album was only ever released as a CDR. Oh, cool. And uh, no, I hate CDRs. Love CDs, hate CDRs. CDRs crap out on you. They, they die pretty quick. They're, yeah. they're, they're rot, the bad right? news. Yeah, which yeah. is another reason why I'm very grateful for the the di- digital release because sure. it's like in a sense it will live longer in that right. way right. I don't know right. whatever that that's probably not true at all it'll I'll, be, re- I'll <laughs> yeah. be replaced by something else within months probably, probably yeah. um, now that you've said it yeah <laughs> but uh, yeah so that I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I have that I think that's a I think that's about it if I think of anything else I'll, yeah let me know, you know yeah. sure, I'll sure. bring it on you okay cool so people should definitely check out the, the anthology that's the main, yeah, the main yeah, kind of yeah. source yeah yeah right on and then do you have anything coming up like any shows or anything uh, in the right relatively now, just, near future right now those two reissues are the primary things they'll be okay. coming out sometime in the fall there's no uh, hard and fast timeline on them um, if anybody follows my Instagram I'm into CDs uh, which is spelled <laughs> I-M-I-N-T-O-C-D-S yeah uh, on Instagram uh, if you follow I Basically, you're just going to see pictures of the CDs, but if you check it out daily, if I ever do release something, I always do make mention of it. Yeah. And then I delete it after like 24 hours. Okay, okay. Because the the Instagram's just supposed to be about the stupid, the CDs, the yeah. stupid CD thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you, you've, you've committed to it, though. I mean, you've been doing it long Well, that's the thing. Yeah. I've committed to it, and so it's like I'm not going to screw around with it. I will sometimes post something else. But it will always be taken down. Yeah. So yeah. if you if you're up for, make sure you take a screenshot because it's gonna be gone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's yeah, how I heard about the other podcast you're on. Oh yeah, yeah. And then no. I was looking for it today. And, yeah. And I was it's like, gone. where? It's not on your Instagram. It's just a bunch of CDs. But yep. No, yep. yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Okay. So if people want to hear more episodes of this show, um, including interviews with some of the people we've talked about, uh, you can go to witchpolice.com. All 420 whatever Woo. episodes are there for free download nice. and streaming. And you can also tune in on Sundays at midnight to 101.5 UMFM, and they play older episodes, like a few months after they come out in podcast form. So, uh, you know, Sunday at midnight is the ideal time to be listening Retro, to Retro, baby. Anyway, Retro listening. So this could air, you know, I don't know, in the in the middle of winter or something. Yeah. And so if you happen to be driving, you can turn on the radio. There, this and episode is. And you can is. think about the time that, that you were sitting outdoors. Right, in a park. In a park. Yeah. Late night, beautiful weather. Super hot. Right. September. Oh crap. Global warming. We're going to die. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. Oh,
I'm pressing on Yes, I'm pressing on Well, I'm pressing on To the higher calling of my love Shake the dust off of your feet Don't 